You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Got to start off straight from iTunes. This is a comment that was left. By the way, if you're listening to Sexy Marriage Radio, which if you heard that, you are welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can. We love hearing from our listeners. And you can leave us emails at feedback@sexymarriageradio.com or comments at iTunes. It helps us spread the words. But here's one that says, This podcast has been instrumental in changing my mindset about sex from something I have to do to something I look forward to and want to do. God, has, God has given us the gift of sexuality, and many women that I know view it as just one more thing to check off their list. Sexy Marriage Radio has empowered me to view my sexuality as a gift and a privilege and has brought much life to my marriage. Thank you, Shannon and Corey, for honest insight and encouragement. That's Sweet. Pretty, that's pretty cool because that's what we want is is we want this that's to hold. We want this to be something you look forward to and you see it as a bond and, and something that creates a lot of energy, not just something you check off a list. So welcome. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today where we are uh, picking up where we left off on the idea mm-hmm. of the books that have impact, impact impacted okay so english is not my first language um (laughs) impacted our our lives and shaped you and i's for uh formation of just our marriage and yeah marriage love sex everything spirituality relationships absolutely so this is a part two so if you missed it if you're new last week's was part one where i think we made it through eight books Exactly. For so I was each. I was gonna I was gonna finish my top five books about sexuality and spirituality, and then get into my top five about marriage uh, okay. today. So we so need to go quick just, then if we're gonna try to get that many done. <laughs> I know, I know. So I, I don't have to unpack this one for very long because I know that anybody who's been binge listening to Sexy Marriage Radio knows full well just what um, a fascinating topic sexual fantasy is to me. And I have to say that as I was writing the fantasy fallacy. The book that shaped my views the most is a book called Arousal by Michael J. Bader. And the subtitle is The Secret Logic of Sexual Fantasies. Um, The book will blow your mind. It will totally blow your mind. So only if you are willing to uh, take an unflinching look at how our sexual brains work and how arousal is formed and how our pleasure template is determined by our pain template that the, the brain's the brain's goal, it really is to develop a storyline that compartmentalizes pain long enough to make room for pleasure. So it's going to be a storyline that goes along with the pain that you've experienced in your life. Uh, but don't panic. Most people would never act out their sexual fantasies in a million years. And that's why we call them fantasies. Just right. don't try to make them a reality right. and you're safe. So, yeah. What's, uh, what, what was number five on your list, Corey, that we didn't get to last time? Well, I switched them around uh, <laughs> since, since we're expanding. Five is moving down. I add, I'm adding a different one. Uh, I don't, so it wouldn't necessarily be five. This is just this stays in the whole realm of building off of the no more Mister Nice Guy f- uh, philosophy of just men trying to be more uh, masculine or better men is a better way to phrase it. And so David Dita has a couple of different works. I don't know if you're familiar with this this author, but one is called The Way of the Superior Man 
which is a fantastic read on, I mean, the, the subtitle is a spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of women work and sexual desire. Mm. And he's coming at it just on the idea of, I mean, I, I love it. Cause one of the reviews actually, when I was looking through this says the way of the superior man is quite wonderful. Finally, a guide for the non castrated male. This book, will, <laughs> this book will offend and infuriate some, inspire and test others, but challenge virtually everyone. And that was me. For and, the man who still has his balls intact. Yep. Huh? And so it's his whole, the whole premise is just that it, it, it's really expanded more. Uh, okay. So The Way of the Superior Man is a great book and a great read for, for men, for husbands. But then he also has another book out there called Intimate Communion where he explores three aspects of, of life and of relationships, and those are uh, love, romance, and sexual polarity. And I love the idea of that I, one of my jobs to have a better sex life with, with my wife is to enhance that sexual polarity, to use that tension well, to see these differences in levels of desire as that's actually energy, that's actually tension. And so... How do I use that better? Because one of the little statements he has on intimate communion is intimate communion. It's not about romance. It's, it's about connecting uh, deeper levels as ourself with each other. And so it's how do you harness the energy that's between us and you use it more effectively. And so he's got some great work. If you also have some time, he also has a lot of different, uh, teachings and things on YouTube. So if you just do David Dita, it's D-E-I-D-A, I believe, uh, you'll find a, him teaching a whole bunch of different of these concepts with groups. And it's pretty fascinating to kind of just watch his presence. He just has a solidness to him that that it's it's mystical and it's new age a little bit. And so it's kind of, all right, I, I, had, I had to warm up to that a little bit. But I love he brings in the spiritual components, even though yeah. I, I don't think he's bringing in God necessarily, but there's still a spirituality to us that most people recognize. But we have to chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that it's not really good stuff just right. because they don't bathe it in scripture or whatever. Yeah. So, um, well, Corey, the, the next book on my list is actually a fiction novel um, by Jean Edwards. Um, it's called The Divine Romance. Um, I always knew that God is love. And I always knew that marriage is supposed to be, you know, a reflection of God's love for the church. But this story took it that took that concept to a whole new level. I have never felt so swept off my feet by the lover of my soul as when I read this book. And so I think that that was a turning point for me to understand just how much my own personal passionate life in my marriage mm -hmm. could be something that ushers me to the precipice of of deeper richness with God mm -hmm. and vice versa, that the closer I get to God, that the closer I'm able to get to my husband. And so if people have been hearing us read off all these um, theology books or psychology books or self-help books and went, well, uh, in your fiction type of person, mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend the divine romance. That's good. It, it, it is, it is scintillating. It's the best word that I know how to use to describe it. That's a great word too, by the Isn't way. Isn't it? Yep. All right, so staying in that idea, I'm not going fiction, but um, one of the ones that jumps up to me is Rob Bell's work, Sex God. Oh, I would have to include that one in my list, too. <laughs> Just, I, I've never read a book and said, I wish I had written that. <laughs> that book I did. Yep. 
the thing I love the most about that is it, there's an edginess to it, which I love, which is part of what, if, if you've listened to Sexy Marriage Radio for a while, hopefully you recognize there's an edginess to us. We that, like edgy. That we, yep, that we want to try to just be upfront and talk about some things that maybe don't people don't talk about. And, and I love his whole concept, just the introductory chapter of this is really about that, that the interrelated between our sexuality, you cannot do that without seeing how it's woven in with how we were made and who we are and our relationship with God. And so just being willing to dive into that topic, kudos for it first, but then second, that's a great way to kind of have to challenge my own thinking of how does that relate? How do we inter- in- interweave our sexuality and our spirituality? Mm-hmm. Those yeah, two and Rob Bell so really well did together. an amazing job yes. with that book. Um, okay, so moving on, I would have to say that um, a book that I read over 20 years ago was very pivotal in, um, in developing genuine intimacy in our marriage. Um, it's a book called The Mystery of Marriage by Mike Mason. Subtitle is, is Iron Sharpens Iron. But this little passage is something that I actually used to share at, um, at the workshops that I would do for teenagers on teaching them about sexuality. And so if I may, Corey, I would like to read this short little excerpt of one paragraph from yeah. this book. It's called, this section is called Touching the Creator. He says, what moment in a man's life can compare with that of the wedding night? When a beautiful woman takes off all her clothes and lies in bed next to him, and that woman is his wife, what can equal the surprise of finding out that the one thing above all others which mankind has been most enterprising and proficient in dragging through the dirt turns out, in fact, to be the most innocent thing in the world? Is there any other activity at all which an adult man and woman may engage in together, apart from worship, that is actually more childlike, more clean and pure? more natural and wholesome and unequivocally right than is the act of making love. For if worship is the deepest available form of communion with God, then surely sex is the deepest communion that is possible between human beings. And as such is something absolutely essential in more than just a biological way to our survival. Isn't that powerful stuff? That's good. Yeah. (laughs) You need to either go smoke a cigarette or pour a glass of communion wine, right? (laughs) One or the other. Take your pick. (laughs) All right. Okay. So this is one, this is one I know that you, you can talk on, speak to as well. um, Because this would be uh, Brene Brown's work, the Mm -hmm. daring greatly on just the idea of, of being vulnerable that, I love the, the way she frames it, that it's not about winning and losing. It's about courage. You know, it's about putting yourself out there. It's about learning resilience. It's about dealing with shame. It's about, all, I mean, so there's a whole lot more going on that, that why we try to protect ourselves from being vulnerable with people. And if you think about the framework we talk about on this show and I do in my work is you can't help but be vulnerable or be challenged to be vulnerable in marriage because it's designed to help you learn that. that yes. That, that you're going to live with somebody, they're going, to, they're going to challenge you. And her work is also equally as fascinating when you apply it to just friendships. Mm-hmm. The concept of the depth of your friendship is going to be directly measured by the depth of, of your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So, so true. Because I know that everybody listening has had this experience where someone confesses something, someone divulges something that you wouldn't normally hear someone admit to and in spite of their fear that some that you know that others that others would judge them 
your response is the opposite. You're not judging them at all. You're like, oh my gosh, my respect level just went out the roof for yeah. them because they put that out there. That's yeah. exactly the type of dynamic that she talks about. Yeah. Um, I love Brene Brown's stuff. I, I really want to read her new one, Rising Strong. I didn't know she had a new one, so I will add that to the list. Yeah. (laughs) And she also has a lot of YouTube videos. Yes, she does. Yeah, Her and Esther Perel both. Good stuff on video. Um, Okay, I'm going to journey into Dr. Laura Schlesinger. uh, Uh Her book, The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. (laughs) Okay, well done. I I mean, I I loved the title. She She had me with the title alone. But it was definitely a pivotal book for me as I was crafting the book, Every Woman's Marriage, about igniting the joy and passion that you both desire. Mm -hmm. And once again, I'm going to read this short little blurb that just in Dr. Laura fashion, she just punches you between the eyes. She really convicts women that we have to stop assuming that we can treat our husbands any old way and they're going to be fine with it. Mm -hmm. She, She really shakes you and awakens you to the fact that you need to treat him good if you expect to keep him around. Um, So she says, when it comes to home and relationships, women rule. It is our responsibility to rule wisely and lovingly. If a woman does not marry a sociopath or a narcissist, then she's got her basic male package, a decent creature with simple desires to be his wife's hero, to be his wife's dream lover, and to be the protector and provider for his family, to be respected, admired, and appreciated. Men live to make their women happy. The cruelest thing a wife can do to a husband is to never be happy. And don't forget being happy is more an attitude than a reality. I just have so much respect for Dr. Laura. I know that she's come under attack from a lot of people and some people have just decided not to carry a radio show because of how blunt she is, but I'm sorry. I think that in today's day and age, bluntness goes a long, long way and her writings are just as blunt as a radio show. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, she, she gets a bad rap at times because she does, but she's got thick skin. Yeah. She can handle it. She, she better with what she does and how she's Mm -hmm. grown to, to the, to the depth and to the reach she's got. You've you've got, right. She has a huge following. Mm -hmm. Huge. Yeah. What's next on your list? The next one for me would be, um, staying in the Christian realm of, uh, Brendan Manning's work, uh, the ragamuffin gospel. Really? I almost pulled Brennan Manning's book, All is Grace, off my mm-hmm. shelf for this rundown. So I'm glad that Brennan Manning at least got yes. a mention in here and, somewhere. And my introduction to him is actually, uh, it's, it, it's an interesting story because I was home. I was, it was when I was in college at ACU. So I was, you know, 300 miles away from, from home. And I came home for a, it had to be some sort of a break, but the, my father's university was still in, in session or still in class. And so I remember he wa- he stuck his head in my room and said, "Hey, you want to come to chapel with me?" I'm like, "Absolutely," cuz he never invites me to that. I'd never been invited, so it was one of those like, "Yeah, I'll go." And Brendan Manning was speaking at chapel. And so he was there wow. and just listening to him talk was just like, there's something different about this guy. And this is a college kid, me, you know, like I, something struck that just a, a depth and a wisdom and a humbleness that he had. And so my father had all the books already and he had him sign them. And then he sent them to my grandfather, my mom's father, who's, who was one of those guys that was an elder in the church at 28. I mean, he just was one of those towering giant spiritual men that 
just had a true heart for people and, and leadership. And, and so he sent the books down that had been signed. And then um, about three weeks later, we get a phone call and it's my grandmother calling. And my mom's talking to her and he's, and, and you hear her, my mom say, dad, honey, what, what books did you send? And dad told her the titles and he's like, why? So, well, cause Grandy, which is my grandfather was sitting in the chair for the last hour, reading the ragamuffin gospel with tears coming down his eyes because <laughs> it finally captured the whole concept of grace that he always believed, but couldn't put words to. Yes. And that's the beauty of Brennan Manning's work. It's just, it helps us to me, this frees me to be human and live in God's grace to, yes. to see the profoundness and the depth and the power that that offers and to, to strive to do better because of that gift. And the thing that he lo- I love about Ragamuffin Gospel is just that we're all a bunch of ragamuffins running around here, you know, that, that, and God yeah. loves us anyway. Right. And if you haven't read his book, All His Grace, that was his final book before okay. his death. It really unpacked the reality yep. of who he was yep. uh, as an alcoholic, as a raging alcoholic. Yes. Uh, but the fact that God can use an alcoholic, can use Balaam's donkey, can use rocks yeah. to reveal himself to people is just astounding. Well, he was, he was what's he referred to as a modern day monk. It's kind of what, mm-hmm. what he was in his time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Next book on my list that has to get honorable mention is Gary Thomas's work, sacred marriage yep. about how marriage is not designed to make you happy. It's designed to make you holy. Yep. And when you have that paradigm shift, happiness comes as a byproduct but our, our goal has to be holiness and mm-hmm. serving our spouse and loving our spouse and, and having compassion for our spouse and pleasing our spouse. And, and, and I don't mean that in a people pleasing sort of way, which mm-hmm. that's an, a whole nother show I want to do sometime for you <laughs> on people pleasers and sex. But, um, yeah, the, the whole notion of marriage has a spiritual design mm-hmm. and, um, and that it grows you up. And that's another reason why, again, I'm so excited about your book coming down the pike. Cause not only did I see a lot of schnarch in the background of, of your words that you use, I also saw a lot of Gary Thomas's mm-hmm. concept. And of, I, when I read, when I read sacred really marriage, I was mad at Gary Thomas. <laughs> Cause he rained on your parade. Yes, Cause it's like, dude, somebody wrote what I was thinking, man. <laughs> All right. So, but, but he, there's, he comes there's at room it. for other voices sure. saying that exact same thing because it is so vitally important. Right. And he comes at it very, very, from a real religious lens. And I, I like that. Right. And, but you, yeah, but yours is far more user-friendly. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like his work. Um, all right. So staying in that same kind of realm of that, he's has some relationship work out there, but one of the things that was impactful for me would be the book wild at heart by John Eldridge. I wondered if you were going to mention yeah. wild at heart when you were talking about a different one earlier. Yeah. Just because, uh, his framing of, of the man and, and the heart and kind of our desire and our drive and what makes us different than Eve and, and the beautiful thing. And again, this, uh, it's interesting because as I'm talking about these things, I'm seeing how God kind of has interwoven these things on, they came at the right time. Cause I read wild at heart while backpacking. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I, I read uh, uh, over half of it laying in a hammock in New Mexico up on a ridge and with some buddies. And it was just like, that's perfect timing, you know, <laughs> that, that it fit. And it, but it's just, I don't know. I like the idea of, because as a, as a guy, I think I get caught up too many times in the whole, 
what else is going on? What's next? What's this about? What's the, you know, that I, 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 playing the role is not enough. There, there's got to be something deeper going on. There's got to be something calling us to, to something better, to bigger, to an adventure. Mm-hmm. And, and I, John Eldridge talks about that in this book on, on the idea of, of what speaks to a man's heart and, and how do you, how do you, how do you strive after the beauty? You know, how do you fight the battle and how do you live the adventure? Yeah. I feel a special connection to John Eldridge simply because everywhere I go, people assume <laughs> that I'm Stacy Eldridge. Yep. I'm Shannon Etheridge, yes. not Stacy Eldridge. Yep. Yeah, because I, I I still laugh about that. Is John here? Exactly. John I just who? love all your husband's books. John who? Oh, not who you think I am. And they're, they're, the book they did together of Love and War is pretty good on marriage. That, yeah. That they, because I love the, the way he frames the whole concept of. Yeah. Do we realize what you're walking into when you walk down the aisle? That mm. that it is love and war. Because yeah. Yeah. there's something deeper going on. Yeah. Okay. So I would have to say that my final, I think this is my number 10th. So okay. uh, I think that the most important book that I ever read on any type of relational dynamic at all has to be Gary Chapman's book, Five Love Languages. Okay. Because until we know what we need and know how to ask for it, and until we recognize what our spouse needs and recognize how to offer it, we're speaking two totally different languages. And so to understand that, you know, is it physical touch? Is it words of affirmation? Is it acts of service? Is it quality time? Is it, what's the other one that I'm missing? I always get four out of five. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to help you because I don't spend a whole lot of time in the love language world. Okay. Words of gifts. Yes, there gifts, you go. words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service. Okay. You have to know yourself. Your spouse can't read your mind. Okay. You have to become a student of yourself first, then teach others how to treat you mm-hmm. and then become a student of them. Hopefully they've done as much work as you have trying to figure out what they need in a relationship and can communicate that to you in such a way that you have confidence being their dream lover, being their companion and their cheerleader. So- there you go. There's my 10. I think that's actually 11, but the, who's counting? Um, <laughs> I guess we, I guess we are. <laughs> we are. We kind of were it's like a David Letterman top 10 countdown. Yeah. Right. What's, uh, what's your last one? Is and, and is this the, like the top of your heap or did you, did you save the best for last? Or no, is this just- no. Uh, the, the most influential one is Snarsh's work. And it would be all of his, his work. Uh, and his teachings and how it's evolved. Um, this one, this one's interesting because it doesn't seem like it fits in our conversation, but bear with me because I think it really does. And it's, and it's a book by Greg McCown called Essentialism. Hmm, I've and, never heard of it. And it's, it has nothing to do with relationships. I mean, the subtitle is The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Okay. And it's the whole, the whole concept is, how often do we spend so much time doing things that keep us busy, but we're not doing things that are essential? Hmm. And so it's, if you, to where this fits for me is it helps me frame everything I do into a better framework of my story so that what I do is essential and I don't just fill my calendar because I can fill it or because I'm trying to avoid something or whatever, which there's the, the pitfall of this whole idea of being a, working on essentialism is I have to confront what's really going on in life. 
Because a lot of times I think what I see in my office is a lot of times people keep themselves busy to avoid dealing with the pains. So if I'm going to focus on essential things, I've got to face <laughs> the pains at times. I can't, I can't just distract myself. Yeah, I can't just distract myself with them. So it's one of those ideas of how do I be and focus on the most important things in my story and in my marriage. And, and I spend my time dedicated towards, right, dedicated towards the things that matter and the things I really want to be a part of. And so yeah. I learn how to say no. I learn how to say yes to the most important things. And so his book, it's fairly new. Uh, I think it came out last year. Uh, but it's a, it's, a great, it's a great business book to read, but it's also a great life to read on just how do you be more disciplined in what you pursue mm-hmm. in every aspect of your life because intentional living. Yes. Because I use this with yeah. my children of, you know, Hey dad, I want to go do this. And I'm like, well, hold on. Let's make sure it fits. Cause I don't want to be caught up where every day I'm just running them around to do things that aren't as meaningful. I mean, that aren't as impactful. I want yeah. them to be do I want them involved in things and I also want them to have family time. Right. Where we do things together. And so this has helped shape our Pam and I's desires and dreams to be able to travel a month every year that we've that we've set up. It, it, it's making us to where we go backpack and we go do the things that are important to us, even though we have to give up some other things to be able to do that. Right. Right. Now, I applaud you for that. I totally do. Um, so here's a couple of things that I want to toss out before we wrap up our show, Corey. Okay. Um, I actually met a new friend up here in Lansing recently, and he mentioned that when he gets off work, he goes to a home where he has no cable television and no internet access. Mm-hmm. He goes home and reads a book. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can only imagine how much reading a person could accomplish yeah. if they just got their heads out of the television <laughs> and out of the computer long enough to really engage in a book. You talk about sitting and reading a book from cover to cover in a 24-hour period. You could do that if you just stop spending so much time on Facebook and watching mindless television. So I just want to encourage everybody, turn off the TV and read a book. Yes. Yeah. I also want to mention for those people who aspire to write a book someday, you know, 83% of the people on the planet believe that they have a book in them, mm-hmm. less than 1% ever sit down to write it. I just want to encourage our listeners that if you're somebody who believes that you have a story to tell and that you could make a positive impact on society or relationships or individuals or whatever, I want you to go right now to my website. It's not shannonethridge.com, although you can get to it from there by clicking on the link that says blast, but go to blastmentoring.com. It stands for building leaders, authors, speakers, and teachers. It's a 12 month online program for aspiring writers and speakers where I download so much information on how to get traction with those dreams instead of spinning your wheels and taking those ideas to your grave, because Mm -hmm. that's what happens is most people die and take those book ideas and those talk ideas to their grave with them. So if you want to invest them instead of um, letting them dwindle, then the Blast Mentoring Program might be something that you dive into. As a matter of fact, I love offering specials to our listeners, Corey. So I'm going to offer one month free um, off of that program to anybody who says that they heard about Blast through Sexy Marriage Radio. Our next class is launching January 1st. We launch quarterly so they can jump in January, Mm -hmm. April, July, or October. Cool. Thanks for letting me give that little plug. Absolutely. So I, I, I turn this over to the listener. 
of of what we've done two that's a lot of shows a lot of information about a lot of books <laughs> you know it's two yeah. two shows about a lot of different books and, yeah and i want to hear i want to hear from them of what's impactful for you what are the ones that that speak to you and what are the ones that really do shape your journey and here's my challenge to them it's one thing to send it to us in a private email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com but it's a totally different thing to actually take the time to sit down in front of their webcam and record a little five yep. to seven minute snippet of what book impacted you the most and why. And I want us to start collecting those, Corey. I can definitely see us weaving this into this new membership program that we're going to do down the road. I want to create a community where our listeners have the opportunity to communicate with one another and encourage one another, that it's not just driven by us. We're just kind of the chiefs, but we give all the rest of the Indians a voice. So I'm really excited about what we're about to launch. Yeah. And let's do this. Rather than sending, if, if you do a video... Send it to us, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll, we'll see it. Um, you can send us emails there, obviously, too. But you can also jump on Facebook. Sexy Marriage Radio has a page. You can leave comments with this episode of what are the books, and we can actually start to create a library for other people there that people could, could come to. Because there will be two episodes that you could easily find. Just search out Sexy Marriage Radio, and if you haven't liked the page, like it, because that way it will show up in your feed, and that way we all see it. It's not just you and I. Yeah, and every time we have a new episode come out, share that on your Facebook wall. Please do. Let let your followers know about us so that their marriage can be strengthened too. Please do. Well, I've got some things to read. Yeah, I've got my list. I've got got a few few books to pick up, apparently. Um, Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Again, thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. It truly is an honor to be invited into your world on a regular basis. And so we thank you. And I'll let Shannon say her normal tagline at the end. So see you <laughs> next you time. you know it. Yep. We love you for listening. <laughs>